favorites and foes. Welcome to Freshwork Podcast. It's Art Book Club Day, and I've got Visual Nomad with me today to talk about The Artist Way, weeks five through eight. And um, I read the book this time, and Jen did not, but that's okay, because I think this makes for an even more interesting book club. <laughs> I love it when we have conflicting opinions about a book. Like, I've been totally into this one and you've been like this isn't for me and i think that creates even more in-depth discussion about what we're reading and what we're doing sure quite fun um gosh so weeks five through eight i have just finished the last day of week eight today and in my like enthusiasm for weeks one through four I was like doing the morning pages every day. I was doing the artist day every single week. I was like really like devoted to the program. But weeks five through eight, I've been a lot less um, <laughs> an A plus student <laughs> of the program. <laughs> I would say I've been doing the morning pages three or four times a week instead of every day. And okay. I still do the artist date, but they feel like they take so much more work than they did the first four weeks. And um, uh. I think this is kind of interesting to talk about before like getting into the chapters. Um, it's like the enthusiasm of starting a new project definitely has like a peak. And then it like sure has like a falling out of the honeymoon phase. And then like you like either <laughs> stick with it or you fall off. Right. And so for me, I've been like, yeah. <laughs> we both had like a moment of like, and we don't like it as much. But I'm like, I kind of stuck with it. And then you were like, it's not for me. That's perfect. But mm -hmm. I find myself, I was like thinking back, I'm like, where else in my life do I have like programs where mm -hmm. the first two or three weeks I've like gung-hoed it, right? Just been like, this is the best thing ever. I'm having so much fun. And then, you know, a month goes by and you're like, my enthusiasm for this is more minuscule. And I feel like I, I do this pattern pretty often. I feel like I do this when I have a new class at an art school, when I have, mm. um, if I've ever like tried to like lose weight or like do exercise or things like that, <laughs> whenever I have like, um, I don't know, like three weeks is like such a peak window of time for me to like stick to something. And then once it's longer than that, I have to like really struggle through it. I don't know. Do you ever like mm. feel this way with, with programs kind of like this? Yeah. 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 I, you know, I think like you said, there comes a point in it where it's like, it's the crossroads of, am I going to do this or not? You right. know, um, is it worth, it's the cost benefit analysis. And, you know, we talked about that in atomic habits, mm -hmm. like how do you put it over the edge to where it benefits you so much that you continue to do it. Right. And you know, it makes me think, so I watch this show every once in a while called Interrupted. It's put on by LeBron James and his company. Okay. And they have like a barbershop setting and they will invite like super successful people in to talk about how they got where they are, what they do to continue to be, to better themselves and to stay on track. And one of the things the host said about LeBron James, which it kind of sets them up like people like him apart from everybody else. He said the process for him is his favorite part of all of it. Mm -hmm. That's what makes him great. He loves working out. He loves that whole idea of building that, that that body, that skill to be able to do what he does. Yeah. That's, that's all, that's all he wants. If he never played a game pro, he wouldn't care. That preparation part is his favorite. And it's hard to get to that point with stuff, you know? Yeah. Most people are not persistent enough to push through. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it makes a huge difference with where you get. It's it's interesting. I, I I think because I was doing the morning pages every day, and then suddenly I was skipping a day, and then I was skipping two days, 
and then I would go back to it and then I would like skip like 10 or 12 not 10 or 12 days what am I talking about like <laughs> I, would, I would skip like maybe a weekend and, and then I would like mm. be able to look back into my journal which I had just started a new one on week uh, three and I'm already like halfway through this and I'm like oh I'm getting through this pretty fast but the progress is slowing down I think just having that visual marker of oh my habits have changed again mm -hmm. from doing this daily and being like excited to wake up for the morning pages versus it being something now on my to-do list it's a uh, I don't know it's 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 revealing it's like oh, okay well now when I go into a program like this I'm gonna definitely consider where in the program is where am I likely to fall off of it if I am to fall off of it right um yeah. right um one thing in particular about the morning pages, I noticed that when I was doing weeks one through four, I would, in the morning, I would do my morning page, right? I would do three pages handwritten, and then I would pick out stickers, and I would decorate the next day's pages of, like, one, two, three pages with, like, st stars and cute leaf mm -hmm. things and whatever. <laughs> They're cute. I have lots of stickers, and I love them. Um, and just having putting the stickers on the page for the next day made me like excited to go into the page the next day. Whereas in the last three weeks I've started, I've stopped putting the stickers down. And mm. I think that also like that, like reward process or that like intention from the previous day made a huge difference because I, I noticed this mm. and I was like, okay, now I'm going to start putting stickers there again. And I, I did it, and then the next day I was like, oh, can't wait to wake up and, like, you know, write my morning pages. And I was like, okay, so this is, it's interesting. The intention of the day before really matters for what you're going to do the next day, even if yeah. it's just put a sticker on your journal page. Like, sure. It's wild. <laughs> Brains are funny. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's probably why the gold star system works so well mm -hmm. with even children it's a visual gamified for lack of a better phrase process yes and it becomes less about what they're doing and it becomes more about oh i want a star on that that paper yeah it takes that that distraction of oh this is horrible i hate this and it makes it semi-fun and yeah. it gives them an endpoint. it's I think it's hard to stay on track when you don't have an endpoint. when you're just like, oh, I'm going to do this. And you don't go, I'm going to do this consistently for 30 days mm -hmm. and set that for an endpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it, it does, it leaves it open ended and then you just go, oh, well, whatever, you know, I'll get, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll you do know? it tomorrow. <laughs> um, yes. We, we need tangibles as human beings. I think we really do. I'm learning that more and more. And visual cues really matter for artists. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. So I I noticed this about the sticker on the journal pages the day before. And then I, can I tell you a secret? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the secret is I've been mm -hmm. in a creative block this entire month. <laughs> mm. I haven't wanted to paint for four or five weeks. So I feel you. I was like, it's the irony is going through this spiritual path to high, higher creativity and then going through one of the kind of most intense art blocks I've had in quite some time. And mm. so I was I, like, just this week, I noticed the sticker system and what had changed there. And I, I also noticed that I, I finished a painting. It's called Brave. It's 30 inches mm -hmm. by 40 inches. It took me all of April and May to make. And I had it up on my wall easel, which is where I work on all of my paintings. And I had kept the finished painting there. And I kept it there because I didn't have any room in my like racks behind me <laughs> to store it. Mm -hmm. And I had someone who was like kind of considering buying it. So I had it moved it off of the easel. And I realized with the sticker system that when I in the past have finished a painting, I immediately take it off of the wall easel. And I hadn't done that with Brave. I had just left it up there, oh. taking up the space of the new creation space, I guess, the, the new. Mm. And so four days ago, I was like, 
oh, well, I do have an idea for a next piece, but I haven't wanted to work on it. And my next piece is going to be a Zodiac series. I'm painting. I'm going to make Ooh. a painting for each of the Zodiac signs, and I'm very excited about it. Um, but I hadn't worked on it for three weeks. I was thinking about this, not working on it, not even making notes, not even doing research for it. But I took down four days ago the Brave painting. I put it back on the racks, and suddenly I had this blank space on my wall, on the wall easel. And then, you know, two days ago, I was like working on the gold leaf, doing the sketches, making all the things. Mm. Even though I was working at the table, the fact that this spot where I make all my new paintings and have made it so for the last two years is open has made me now open and willing to freaking pick up a pencil, Mm. (laughs) which I haven't done for weeks. It's weird. It's so weird how our brains work. Mm -hmm. Something as simple as taking that painting off the wall yeah <laughs> kicks in a pavlovian response in your brain that says oh it's time to do a new painting now right it's so weird it's so, so weird. weird that we were built like that but you know and and i think you know that's part of what we talked about in atomic habits is mm-hmm. like hacking your brain yeah. understanding your brain does do things like that and using it as a benefit and not as a hindrance, but being right. like being real with yourself and going, oh, that's why I'm not doing this. Okay, well, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Let's tie it to this. Yes. yes. You know, it's so weird. I tied my to-do list to drinking coffee because it's my favorite thing to do in the morning. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to not drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's be real honest, you know. <laughs> It's so it's the truth. Um yeah. That was so that was kind of like a kick in the pants sort of moment I had this week. Mm. And it has nothing to do with what I learned about in the book for week eight, which is what this week was for the artist way. And mm-hmm. I think that one thing Julie Cameron in her books mentioned, she's like, things are gonna come up for you that I don't intend. But because you've been doing mm. these kind of works and you've been contemplating the idea of creativity for song it's going to come up and i think that's kind of one of the beautiful parts about this book is that she didn't talk about how you prepare your space changes the way you create i mean she does vaguely but not like in the way that i'm like currently like mind blown about (laughs) and um it was it was it was kind of cool so anyways that happened so then aside from that moment i also had you know four weeks essentially of um productive procrastination and that was huge for me this month i instead of painting i still needed to feel the feeling of i'm accomplishing something for my art business otherwise mm. um <laughs> my like will to be yeah. creative at all is like it just plummets like i worked on lots of podcast things i finished making all the youtube videos for my podcast that i had been you know, doing the backlog of, I finished all that. That's 55 videos I finished. Um, (laughs) This is insane. Um, Worked on my website. I worked on this and that and the other thing. And I don't know, I was productive procrastination when, when the entire time I really, really wanted to be painting. I even like wrote it down in my morning pages. I want Mm. to be painting. I want to be painting over and over and over again. And yet didn't. I don't know. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I think you need a break. But for me, it needs to be intentional. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go on a break, not I'm taking mm. a break simply because I haven't picked up a paintbrush and have wanted to and have been punishing myself and my brain for it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> do you ever do? That's fair. Do you ever do productive procrastination? Um, I do. Yeah. I do. Um, a lot of times if I get burnout with painting, like the physical act of painting, I will switch over to like bookkeeping stuff yeah uh business ideas you know because i may have an idea or whatever so i'll throw those in my notebook so that i have them for future stuff i'll work on references so then i'm still moving forward even though i'm not physically putting like paint to canvas yeah um it Mm -hmm. still benefits everything overall there's still there's so many things to do in running an art business that there really isn't a day that you don't have something you can't be doing you know yeah 
if it's an application for a residency, if it's applying for an exhibition or, or, you know, anything like that, you know, getting materials, that kind of thing, running errands, you know, there's so many things to do. And they do need to happen. Yeah. Like like I haven't, yeah, I don't let, I don't beat myself up over that mm -hmm. because I think it's easy in running a business to go, well, I'm not doing this thing. And if I'm not doing this thing, then it's not a business. Mm-hmm. Like I find myself doing that a lot, whatever that is for you. You know, it could be, oh, I have, you know, a ledger that I keep. And if I don't do that, then I'm not in a business, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's hard to not beat yourself up sometimes. Yes. And often for me, <laughs> I, <it's, laughs> I'm often being like at the end of the day, if I haven't if I intended to have a art a studio day and I haven't done anything for the art business, then I definitely do beat myself up about it. And I think mm-hmm. it'll be a lifelong sort of challenge that I have because I've been this way since mm-hmm. I was a teenager. But yeah, it's a uh, it's fun to see it like really clearly, not just be like, oh, I guess that's what was happening, but to be like, hmm, I am currently doing this, and mm. that's where I am, and that's fine. Um, another consequence of my art block is that I have not streamed on Twitch. I've done it twice in the last month. And that's been like, whoa, (laughs) that's been like Mm -hmm. also really revealing about my own habits and my own creativity. And I, I definitely notice that I am more accountable when I am on film, right? I am more accountable to Mm. what I want to do to what I'm painting, if I have a camera rolling or it's um, a live stream like so. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's easy to hide from my own creative block by just not turning on the camera. And I think if I had stuck to my schedule, which is to stream four days a week, and if I turned on a camera, I probably would have painted. I don't know if it would have been good, but it probably would have actually made something. Mm. I think that's also... I don't know, just something interesting to think about. It's like you yeah. you have a routine for, you know, I've been on Twitch for three years now almost. Mm-hmm. You have a routine for that many years and then suddenly you stop and it's like, what's going on? Did you die? Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> happened? <laughs> Are you still there? <laughs> and then, you know, you I, I kind of like make up for it by I tried streaming on Instagram one time and that was weird. Um, <laughs> kind of fun but also kind of strange <laughs> and i was like yeah the the effort is is interesting okay but then on like the flip side of it with a creative block it's like okay we need to be allowed to have creative blocks like i am often yeah. talking about getting over the creative block that's something that's a subject i talk about many times here on the podcast but it's like are you going to let yourself be blocked for a little bit like how long is okay to you mm. like can you take a week off? Yeah. Can you take two weeks off? Like, you should take that time off. But like, like I said, even a minute ago, like allowing yourself to have that time off versus continuing procrastinating. And like, I don't know if I had like delineated and been like, I'm intentionally taking three weeks off of painting. I think I would have been a lot happier the last three weeks. Sure. Yeah, because there would have been intentionality behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... If I hit those moments, I'm real quick to recognize them and I'm not going to fight myself. Right. Like I did that for so long and I think in, in my old age, (laughs) I have, I've learned to not fight that, Mm -hmm. that I've learned to listen to my body for whatever reason it is not in the mood to paint. It is not in the mood to do that. And I don't fight it, you know? It, it it doesn't end up being productive if I do. Mm-hmm. For so, sure. Yeah. It's a weird... It's, it's, it's interesting. And it's fun to think about. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I yeah. feel like I'm on the... I'm coming off the creative block now because I actually got some gold on a canvas two days ago. And that feels super... Mm-hmm. 
it's not done. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not totally out of it because I have not completed the gold process. Normally I like to do a step and, you know, finish it all the way through, which for gold leaf work is putting down the adhesive, putting down the gold, putting down the sealant. And I've gotten to the mm-hmm. adhesive and the putting down the gold, but not the sealant part. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, why did we stop there? That's interesting to think about. <laughs> it's a start. It's a start. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Have you been on a, you've been on a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Twitch break also. A hiatus, if you will. Sabbatical. Yes. (laughs) What's that been like? Um, well, for me, as far as Twitch is concerned, when I first started, I streamed five days a week, one to six every day. I did not miss, um, I've put in a ton of time and I've come to the point and I think the people that watch me understand that this is a process. Um, I've kind of explained to them, there are moments where I won't be on, you know, Mm -hmm. it may be a little bit, I'm, I'm working on stuff, either I'm prepping canvases, I'm doing whatever, you know. Um, but if I'm back, I will be back and, and I will work on the painting until it's finished. I, I have never stopped in the middle of a painting and just, yeah. you know, not streamed. Um, that's just not me. Like I, once I get into a painting, I'm really into it. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it, I mean, there are moments that I, I feel guilty and I'm just like, you know, how am I supposed to build community and viewership from business perspective if I'm in and out periodically? Yeah. And I think communication is the biggest point of that is just explaining to people, this is part of my process. You guys are here to watch me paint. You're here to learn about how people do this. This is part of that process. You know, I'm not going to hide it and make up some excuse, you know, and there are, there are days that, you know, I may jump on discord because I don't feel like having to carry the conversation all the time, but I still want to work. So I'll jump into a chat where, you know, conversation is just open. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily focused on me. Um, and I can still work and I let people know that that's where I'm at. If they want to come watch, they can, I usually stream it so people can see it, um, on discord. So sometimes that's what it is. You know, it could be I'm feeling vulnerable at the moment. So I just kind of want to do it on Discord instead. Um, I don't want to have to explain myself. I just want to be able to do it and move through it. I like that. Um, Yeah. So it's tough. It is tough uh, because we're human, you know, and I think we have to be super vulnerable as artists. Like, We are literally putting our hearts on these canvases. And then we decide, I'm going to turn a camera on and let everybody watch me do that. This is going to go great, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There are famous artists that have said, never, ever, ever let anybody into your studio. It is Mm -hmm. a sacred space. It will mess with the juju. Do not do it. (laughs) And... I think there's a give and take there. Like, there is. again, there are moments where I don't want that to be open and I will work on it on my own, you know, behind the scenes. Um, and so, and I think that's why I don't ever create a reference on stream. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that is my creative process of setting up that painting. That is where I, um, I come up with the concept. I work through that personally. So that's usually a very insulated process, but yeah, it's, it's so weird how we react to things like this book, for instance. Yeah. Um, this book triggers me. That Mm -hmm. is why I cannot read it. Um, I got through the first four chapters and, um, I think the religious overtones really, really trigger me. Yeah. And that's just a personal thing. It, I think the book is very well written. I think the intentions are great. Uh, but for me, that is just too off-putting. I can't handle it. Um, if it valid. was here and there, that'd be fine. But it's very, 
it's very heavily pushed in this book, I think. Personally. It's all over the place. Yeah. It's in every paragraph. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what made it hard for me. That that I totally get. And I kind of wish that I could have a rewrite of this book that is like Mm-hmm. the non-biblical version of this mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I have mm-hmm. a can I have a different version please that would be great cuz I think it would be sure. so easy. <laughs> but yeah. alas, here we are. Um yeah. <laughs> that's that's that. Um have you been doing any sort of artist date for yourself, I guess, during the month? Like are there any things that mm. you you have taken out of it that you're like, "Oh, this is going to be interesting." Not particularly. It's fine. Yeah. I I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. I think I will continue to have a regular journaling practice even beyond this Mm. book. I mean, I kind of did before, but it would be sporadic. It would be like I journal maybe four times a month. And then sometimes I would take Mm -hmm. a half year break. And then sometimes I would journal in a way that would be like, here are major life updates a couple times a year. But mm-hmm. I have liked journaling on the regular, even when I don't do it every single day, like I have been for this month. It's been, it has been nice to like get into my own mind and like get into what is working for me and what is, what isn't working for me. Like, I don't think I would have found the comparison of the stickers and my blank easel um, without journaling and like diving into this Mm. um in fact this month i was week five of the artist way book talks about uh, a sense of possibility which i do like the title chapters i like how they each have a very specific sort of thing but it i'm not gonna say what this is but it it helped to make a like pretty major life decision for myself which i don't think i would have dug into on my fears on like why this thing Mm. that i had been like afraid of could actually make my life better and not necessarily change my mind, but kind of make up my mind about a certain thing. And I was right. like, wow, that's that's a lot. And I think that has to do with the intention of journaling every day. Because she doesn't ever tell you how to journal. She just says three pages right. every morning. And I'm yeah. like, this is pretty cool. So I think I will keep that habit up even beyond doing the rest of the 12 weeks. Um, yeah, um, I'm going to go through some moments here in this book. I was so good at highlighting in the first month and this month I'm not good at highlighting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there is a couple moments in the last four weeks that I kind of liked and a couple things that I found kind of magical um, that happened in my life because I was looking for them after reading parts in this book. I'm like, that's kind of fun. Um, In the chapter about recovering a sense of possibility, she talks about how artists must have downtime time to do absolutely nothing and defending your Mm -hmm. right to have such time takes a lot of courage conviction and Mm. space that you can withdraw from your family from and your friends from Mm. and you Mm. know me i struggle with rest i struggle with like chilling out (laughs) and it's something i'm actively looking at all the time and having reminders like that even in just a book that i'm casually reading is just like oh right i should like allow myself to go play a video game for fun. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think you have to weave that into your practice. You, you gotta. Know? You gotta. And earlier this year I had taken like uh like a, a course on um with a course on productivity with Nicole Baker. Um mm-hmm. who I've had on the podcast before and she had me like write a rest hour onto my schedule every day and I have since deleted it because it was cluttering up my calendar and I was like I know I need to rest and I'm like do I need to put that back on (laughs) was that thing that was working for me actually working (laughs) if you have to schedule it it might be something you need to do (laughs) it's the truth so um I've been like doing my artist dates I had this moment on week five where I was going to a baseball game with a friend and the friend had to cancel last minute. And I was like, do I go by myself? 
And I was like, this would be a very unique artist date, one that was very unintentional to go to a baseball game where I don't know anyone. And I was like, mm. screw it. I'm going to go to a baseball game myself. And mm-hmm. this fun thing of possibility happened while I went there. So I'm like on the light mm. rail in Seattle going down and I'm just like wearing my jersey <laughs> and I'm going to the Mariners game <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't really know anyone. And my dad calls me up and he's like, hey, are you on the way to the to the baseball game? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, I think I see you. And he's like, on like on he, he sees me like down the road. I'm like in front of the gates and he like waves at me and I'm like, hey, he's like, are you here by yourself? And Aww. I'm like, yes. He's like, I'm also here by myself. <laughs> and Aww. so I just like serendipitously found my dad at a baseball game. Like it was so weird. And like <laughs> that would not have happened if I had like chosen not to go if I hadn't like it was just like, right. oh, senses of possibility. So I, I think there is some genuine power to the art estate that is mm. like even when it seems super uncomfortable i'm like i i don't like crowds i don't like being around a lot of people and baseball games are fun because i'm with someone i'm like but just like the fact that i went and then found my freaking dad there that's like <laughs> it was so strange right right yeah yeah so that was fun that happened did you have any like moments of serendipity this month um not this month, but like, I think, you know, when I moved to New York City, that was one of the things that I really pushed for was to learn to say yes. So I went yeah. to the length of, I'm just going to say yes to everything as long as it doesn't, you know, endanger myself or anything like that. Like if it's just, you know, hey, let's go here. And, you know, it's benign. Why am I saying no? You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of it is fear-based. You know, for whatever reason, your brain is saying, no, I don't want to go there. Yeah. And I found that nine times out of ten, when I did that and I just said, yes, I'm going to go, it turned out to be some of the best times I've had. Because there wasn't any expectation. Mm Mm-hmm. I was just showing up like you did and we're like, okay, what's going to happen? Let's see what happens. And it's so great. Yeah. Like we put so much expectation into a lot of the things that we do. And I think it kind of steals the, the happiness out of that moment sometimes. Cause they're like, no, it's got to happen like this. Mm-hmm. If we have the expectation and we've planned it. Um, Cause like, if you would have gone with your friend, I'm sure it would have been vastly different than it was whenever you went with your dad. Very, very different. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, and it's hard to get, it was hard for me to do that. And I see how hard it is for other people to do that. And I just tell them, hey, like, take a jump. Like, right? do it. Like, the worst that can happen is X. Which is like nothing, you know, nothing happens. You're like, okay, so it's only up from here. So Mm -hmm. do it, you know, just do it. Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? It's the truth. Shia knows. Um, (laughs) I, yeah, (laughs) I, I love that. It was, yeah, it was, that's really good. Just jumping in, just jump off the cliff of the possibility it mm-hmm. takes so much like gumption to do it and sure it, it takes like an edge of like yeah like you said what do i have to lose is is the loss just going home okay that's nice yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> great um in week 6 we talk about having a sense of abundance and Going back to my month-long art block, I haven't sold a single painting this month or a print, and it's been feeling a little tight. You know what I mean? Mm. And I'm like, ooh, having a sense of abundance when I haven't sold any paintings recently is, like, real, <laughs> real confronting. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and then I've got this art residency coming up that I'm doing, and I'm, like, stressing, and I'm like, Okay, oh. whatever you're going to say to me, Julie and Cameron, I'm just not going to be there for this because I don't feel abundance <laughs> at all. And she's like, all right, Stephanie, I hear you, but 
consider this. Go pick five flowers <laughs> and dry them and have an abundance of flowers. And I'm like, fine, Julia Cameron. <laughs> I will go pick five flowers. You don't and I will... know me. You don't know me. You don't know that I have so many flowers in my yard right now. <laughs> so I go and I pick five stems of lavender and then I dried them, and then by the end of the week, I took off all the lavender buds, and then I made them into tea, and suddenly I had lavender mm. tea. And I think, you know, ha- lack of painting sales or not, having looking for the abundance in other teeny tiny ways of like, okay, mm. I have an abundance of cacti in my studio, and those mm. are pretty great, and I love them, <laughs> and... It, it keeps you, like, floating, you know? It keeps you feeling yeah. light. It keeps you feeling happy. And, like, having that gratitude and that, like, acknowledgement of you might not have a lot of cash in the art bank account right now, but you do have mm. a lot of paintbrushes to make cool art things. And mm. you do have time to, to you know, work on your email marketing list. And you do have, like, I don't know, support from people who really like your art and we'll give you advice if you need it. And this week was kind of tough. It was it was tough. Mm. It was good, but it was tough. And um, I felt the most resistance for this book during this week. Um, one of the habits she asks you to do is to keep track in a, like a written journal um, or notebook or whatever every single purchase mm-hmm. you make, um, which is oh. a great thing to do for any finance. I, I've I've right. been told this before many many times. I use an app for this, but I made sure during this week to, at the end of every day, looking on this app that I have that tracks my purchases and like really looking up the amount and like kind of sitting with what I had spent that day. And uh, I didn't find any new habits, but I think that's just kind of uh, exposure therapy to where you're at is really good. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think. I mean, personally, I have a lot of anxiety uh, around not knowing where my finances stand. Mm -hmm. I also have a horrible habit of um, running from finding that out because it stresses me out. So it's like this, it's a horrible mix. So I have to just sit down and make myself pull those numbers so that I can look at them. And then there's like this weight that comes off of me of like, Oh, okay. Well, at least I know where I'm at. I'm not in the dark about that. And you know, wherever it is, I can at least head it in a direction since I know where I'm at, you know? Totally. Totally. I do this thing every Friday, what what I call a finance Fridays where on Friday mm. around 11 <laughs> o'clock, I pull up all my different bank accounts and everything, and I just look at where I'm at. And that just like every week at Friday, I sometimes I dread it, and sometimes I'm like, oh, time to open like my little apps on my phone. Um, and it's, I don't know, just having the clarity of where you are, it is relieving, but getting mm. yourself to open yeah. it is terrifying. And yeah. it does get easier the more often you do it. And doing it every day is kind of a lot, but it's a lot yeah. in a nice way. It's a lot in the way that like not being on social media or reading anything was a lot where it's like, oh, okay, maybe we didn't need to go to the plant store three times in a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> I didn't need to do that, Stephanie. <laughs> Just because you're feeling sad doesn't need to mean you need to bring all the plants home. Okay, well. That was it that. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, week seven was called Recovering a Sense of Connection. And this is kind of like a turning point in the in the book where in the first six weeks, it was talking about how you should distance yourself from crazy makers, from people who want to monopolize your time, from people mm. who make you feel bad about yourself, distancing yourself from the media you consume the things you could experience from how you're spending your money to how you're spending your time etc and this week it's like okay now you're gonna start picking back the people you're hanging out with it's been a month and a half of this program and you're gonna see 
who are you going to connect with and how are you connecting with? Are you connecting with people because you want to really be really be really good looking with them? Do you want to have mm. a sense of perfectionism with them? Do you want to learn from them? Like, how are you looking at your connections? And I think this one was kind of fun. And it talked about jealousy. It talked about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It talked about, they had this really kind of fun exercise that was like, if you're feeling jealous of anybody, you should do this. So basically, first, you're going to write down who you're jealous of. The example is my sister, Libby. The reason why, uh, she has a real art studio. And then you need to write down an action antidote, which is to fix your spare room so you can also have an art studio. And it's just like a little map of like, who are you jealous of? Why, to the most specific degree, are you jealous of them? And how could you take a step towards, one, fixing the jealousy, but two, changing your relationship with that person so you're no longer jealous and instead, you know, an actual human. Right. Kind of fun. Yeah, and I think, like, as artists, I think we are, like, in social media, artists are pit against each other mm-hmm. through comparison. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, doesn't make any sense to me. And somehow we buy into it, even though... Most of us are extremely counterculture and personally don't feel offended by another artist. Like we love each other. Like we know how hard we all work. Yeah. Um, We share that bond, but yet somehow an Instagram post can pit me against another artist. Cause I'm like, Oh, well I'm not doing that. You know, what do you do when you feel that jealousy? Um, I remind myself that we are all in this together, um, that we are equally, um, underestimated as a whole, um, by society and the value that we bring. It is not just a visual representation of something. It it's the fabric of a community. It's the voice of people that don't have a voice. Um, It's a lot of things. Yeah. And it's important that we remember that, that um, our job is to be different. Like society would be stale if artists didn't interject their creativity into life Mm -hmm. and push people in directions that they're uncomfortable with. Um, Colleen Berry is an artist that I follow. I don't know if you know who she is, Mm -mm. but um, she's fairly famous. Uh, She has a studio in New York city. She runs part of an atelier in New York city. That's pretty famous. And um, she was talking about her Instagram account And how she was just frustrated with it. She was just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. This doesn't benefit me at all. I'm doing it because it looks good. And she's like, I just, I don't understand. And it just kind of struck me like, we need to be different. And because at the end of the post, she was just like, I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do. I'm not going to have any expectation on this anymore. Um, And I said, you know, that's beautiful we all need to hear that because Mm -hmm. it is our job to make instagram interesting like enough of these influencer posts (laughs) and all of this competition like she makes some of the quirkiest instagram posts ever and so does her husband yeah they're just random images hers are like Sometimes she'll be buying clothes for an opening that she's got to go to. And she'll just be like, what do you guys think? And like, she, she's just a super humble human being down to earth. And it's just such a breath of fresh air. Cause it's like, oh, I don't see this anywhere else on Instagram. This is her. 
And that's what we bring to all of this is us. Nobody else can be us. Mm -hmm. And we need, we need to value that personally before somebody else is going to value that. It's true. Um, so it's like, push yourself, stretch yourself, find out where you can be different, where you can be you. Jealousy is interesting and it takes a lot of out, out of you, out of your own creativity mm-hmm. when you feel it and when you experience it. And it almost always comes from like out of nowhere. Like it hits you like a brick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I had a moment last year during this time feeling a kind of intense sense of jealousy towards another artist. Um, mm-hmm. And I talked about it in the podcast. It's an episode called on jealousy, envy, and imposter syndrome. You can hear it there. But at this point in time, I don't feel jealousy towards this artist anymore. And I went to a show that had some of her work in it recently. And I was like, oh, wow, this is just really cool. Like, I just felt like this artist mm-hmm. is just so amazing. and. I feel like, you know, a year out from that initial surge of jealousy, I was able to actually meditate on why I was jealous. And I think that's important if you're ever feeling mm-hmm. this. It's like, you know, we Julie has this little chart here, but really like going even deeper than just like kind of single sentence. I was jealous of her success. I was ex- jealous of mm-hmm. how much publicity she was getting for her work. Um, And I was comparing myself to her standard of work, which is frankly incomparable because she works with big brands. She works with all these like, like giant corporations and I am self-represented and comparing myself to Mm. to someone who has those kind of, um, I guess, deals and connections is just like different planets and unfair to myself to even kind of compare myself to that. And right. It's also revealing because it told me, oh, I want some of that. I I want Mm. to be in places where I can have my art as a mural on a cool building that I really like (laughs) and go to all the time. Or I want my art as a, you know, a a print somewhere at some gallery, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to be vague because I don't want to, like, actually tell you who this person is. (laughs) And, um, Mm -hmm. and, but I was like, okay. Okay, so I want some of those things. And then I like started writing down, okay, what what actually would be feasible for me in my work at its current state to start mm-hmm. to achieve that or start to take myself in those directions. And once mm-hmm. I did that, once I was like, okay, I think it would be so cool to have my work as um like on a baseball cap, <laughs> to have my work like mm. um uh I don't know. I'm ch- like as a deck a deck of playing cards as like things like that I'm like okay you break that into its smallest step of smallest actions which is if I want my artwork on a deck of cards I then need to design an image for each card face and that means I need to research what the historical likeness of that card face is and then pick out symbols and there I've just taken my jealousy of this artist who is succeeding and working really hard on cool things and I've taken myself into a moment of oh these are things I could actually do like I could do them now and start my way there Mm. and I'm no longer jealous I'm now just feeling admiration for this person I'm like because I'm like this person did it and it's super cool and now I'm feeling inspired instead of jealous and that is really cool if you can get there because jealousy is it's a lot a lot because i mean you could look at it like before you thought this was an insurmountable task to yes, do yes or something to achieve and you see through that person oh this is possible mm-hmm. like it's not about them it's actually about oh i felt like i couldn't do this yeah and somebody showed me that i could and that made me feel a way about it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm I felt like I couldn't do this and I felt like there was some magic something secret sauce that I Mm -hmm. didn't have that this person had, but really it was just what are the logistics of making something like this happen and being real Mm -hmm. about it. Like, Mm -hmm. do I need to make a connection with somebody to make such thing happen? Do I need, who who do I need to speak to, to make, to even have like a, a realm of an idea of how to make this thing that this person has done that I also want to achieve. It's a... 
It's yeah. a lot. And I get excited about making art just talking about it. I love this podcast. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's fun. All right. So for the last week, for week eight, um, this was about recovering a sense of strength. Um, and kind of like protecting your artistic survival. Um, art, mm. All artists, we must learn the art of surviving loss. It's the loss of hope, the loss of face, the loss of money, the loss of self-belief. And, um, and then, you know, you're going to lose many things about yourself when you try to become an artist, but you're also going to gain many things. And so you have to like learn the hazards of being an artist and you know, checking your mental health in the face of trying to be a creative person and mm -hmm. noticing that your creations are, like Nomad says all the time, your children. <laughs> and mm -hmm. being alert to who are the authority figures that will kind of try to bounce you around and having the strength mm -hmm. of your will to protect it and to move forward with yeah. it. It's kind of fun. Um, yeah. She talks about ba, 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 ba. um it kind of I feel like this this chapter goes into taking scary steps towards your big dream. It talks about the mental blocks that happen when you have addictions to making and addictions to anxiety at the same time. And it goes into, you know, the panic attacks you're going to have when you are putting yourself out there. And it talks about, it's all about like your mental um, fortitude. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I did highlight one sentence in this chapter and I thought it was interesting. It's like, you know, you could think about what you want to paint and fine tune it in your mind. But instead of painting anything, you can just worry about it some more you can actually pick mm. up the paintbrush and just having a a mental fortitude that will carry you through a painting through your art block that I'm not saying this book gave me an art block I, I think something else gave me an art block <laughs> but like taking you through and recognizing that you are in one that is that is a different kind of strength that is not recognized a lot and not shown a lot yeah yeah um Turns out I didn't do any of the tasks this week for this chapter, um, but let me mm. let me read some of them. Let's see. I love the tasks at the end of each chapter. I think they're some of the most fun parts of this book. Like you read the chapter and you're like, okay, I get the gist of the essay, but the, the tasks mm -hmm. are pretty fun. And it's like, in a perfect world... Oh, wait, hold on. Some of them are like staggered. <laughs> so it's like you do one okay. task and then you do a bunch of them. So... Um, you know, what would you, who might you be like if you had a different childhood, right? Who, mm. what would this fantasy be if it was like a perfect different childhood? And, mm. you know, look at color schemes, pick a color, write a couple of sentences describing, describing yourself in first person around the color that you've chosen. Like I am the color red mm. and therefore I am passionate and I am sunset and I am anger and I am blood and I am wine and roses, and I am murder and lust, right? And that's kind of fun. <laughs> like, who are you as the color red? And then it talks about listing things that you're not allowed to do, like uh, kill your boss, mm. or scream in church, <laughs> or go outside naked, or make a scene. And then, and then it says you should act out doing one of those in your house. <laughs> Like, what does that feel like? <laughs> and what does it feel like to, like, have the strength of, like, wanting something so much and knowing that you should resist it because it could have dire circumstances? But, like, mm. feeling what it feels like in, in an action, you know? It's kind of fun. Yeah. Talks about what your ideal day is. I don't know. I like the tasks at the end of each chapter. I think they're, they create more joy for my weeks and... When I've been doing the artist way, I like to do one tasks every couple of days that I end up doing my mm. morning pages. Um, and as I've said earlier, I haven't been doing the morning pages every day, so I've been doing fewer and fewer tasks. But I don't know. They're kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, I think it's, it's good to push yourself. Like, I remember the task that she gave 
I don't remember which chapter it was, but it was early on, um, where it was write all the things that you hear in your head that either you or somebody else is saying to you, mm-hmm. um, or society is saying to you, and <clears throat> and then look at that and tell yourself. I can't remember exactly what she had say like i'm a brilliant painter and you know some other things at the end of all that so Mm -hmm. it's like take those negatives and juxtapose them to but i am this Mm -hmm. this is who i am when everything else wants to tell me i'm something different this is who i am um i like it that's that's something that that i've worked on uh writing affirmations of or acknowledgments of things that i've accomplished on the days when i feel like i'm a horrible artist Mm -hmm. that i'm no good um that this business is failing or whatever i have this list of things that i can look at that says no you've done x y and z yeah this is why you are good and it's not it's not subjective it's objective like you won an award it wasn't like <laughs> oh i just think i'm good right. somebody else told you you were good as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's like that that uh that affirmation of what you feel about yourself from an external source whatever that might be whether it's people or you know uh events or whatever so I love yeah, it. It's it's so important. I highly recommend um if you're an artist and if anyone ever compliments you on the internet, you should take a screenshot of it and put it in a folder mm-hmm. and have a folder of compliments so whenever you're feeling bad about yourself, you can just read through them to top tier. Mm-hmm. Keeps keeps you much happier in a, in a world where people <laughs> like to be mean. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so that's been weeks Five through eight of the artist way. Um, I'm gonna do a last episode of the artist way solo where I go through weeks uh, nine through twelve when I finish the artist mm. way. Um, and that book club won't be recorded live. I'll just do that on my own. And okay. so for next art book club, which will be a week late in September, we will be reading a new book. Da da da! And I'm sure I'll give you an update about about how I felt the artist way there too because mine as well mm-hmm. um but yeah mm-hmm. that'll be fun so the next book we're gonna read is called nothing if not critical by Robert Hughes um this book is essays on art criticism or essays of mm-hmm. art criticism it's a collection of essays and they're uncompromising views on artists as diverse as Hockney and John Singer Sargent and Bacon and Picasso and Warhol. It's refreshingly amusing and articulate. Apparently, that's what it says on the back. So um, (laughs) this came out in 1990, I believe, and it has really good reviews (laughs) on on Goodreads, despite being from 1990. It's just like consistently good reviews. So I thought, hey, this could be fun. Um, Yes. Oh, gosh, no. This book first came out in 1987, so I have the 1990 version. There's a lot. There's many, many different essays here. It looks like each chapter is about a different, my gosh, (laughs) a different artist, which is fun. And there's like, I think, 50 of them in here. There's quite a few. So they're not super long, these essays. And... Honestly, I'm not expecting you to read all of the essays, <laughs> but if you find mm-hmm. some of your like your, your favorites and you want to read those first, you should do that because that's sure. always fun. Um, but that's the book we're going to read for September. Um, let me show you all the date here. We're going to meet a week late on September 17th. There you go. Um, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. We have an extra week to read this book, so it'll be good. And... I love reading books that are slightly older. I think sometimes they're interesting to see how things mm-hmm. have changed. 
Yeah. In a, yeah, uh, for sure. Pre-internet world. <laughs> Book club. Uh, friends and foes. It's been good chatting with you. I've been Stephanie Scott. You can find me at stephaniescott.art over on Instagram. Um, this is Brushwork. You can find it at Brushwork Pod, also on Instagram. If you like this episode, will you give it a five-star rating or a thumbs up or a review? And um, you can find Visual Nomad at Visual Nomad two underscores over on Instagram because um, she's awesome. And I think you'll like her art. Her <laughs> art's great. I'm just saying. I, I'm such a fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> all right <Thank> you <laughs> friends and foes it's been great uh till next time bye